Welcome to the Business Awards Show, where we share valuable information and secret nuggets to get your award entry noticed by the judges for all the right reasons. Our weekly episodes also feature inspirational interviews with winners, judges and sponsors. So let's dive in and start your journey to award-winning success. It's Debbie Gilbert from the Business Awards Show, and I'm also the owner of the Best Business Women Awards. And today I am joined by Rebecca Newenham from Get Ahead VA, who um, has got a phenomenal business that she's built up over the last 11 years. Not only has she run this business, but she's also franchised it. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you, Debbie. Lovely to be here. It's an honour. Great to talk to you today. So let's start off with the business journey. Where did you start from 11 years ago? Well, yeah, very good question. So 11 years ago, my youngest daughter just started school and it was like, right, what now? So I'd had an eight year career break. I used to be a retail buyer for Superdrug and then Sainsbury's. Had a career break, did bits of voluntary work and bits and pieces during that time, but used that really to sort of hone in on what I wanted to do longer term. And when my brother and I were growing up, my father was a head teacher and my mum ran um, a tutorial agency, which says she was self-employed, finding tuition for kids needing extra help. So she's always been a real sort of motivator in my life in terms of understanding that you could have something that gives the flexibility so she was really your role model, your mum. She mom. was my role model. But my friend, she always said to me, you know, you, there, there isn't just one job that you have in your lifetime. And I think that really stuck with me. And I realised when I got the girls, I didn't want to sacrifice the flexibility of watching netball matches being there after mm. school. But I didn't want to sell myself off and, without being rude, do something that was didn't, didn't give me energy or joy or fulfil me. So I looked at the word, I came across the term virtual assistant, I think, as a lot of people know, it was very strong in the States. I did a very quick um, training program to understand what was required to become one. But I always knew, Debbie, that I didn't want to do the doing. I don't have a PA background. So I thought, well, <laughs> I had that vision that I, this was going to be bigger than me. And as you know, my surname is a bit of a mouthful. I didn't want to create a brand that was just around me personally. And I think that's always an interesting thing when I talk to people starting out in businesses. Have, have that vision from the beginning. What do you want? So Get Ahead was born as something that was going to be bigger than me. And I wasn't sure quite how quickly that would happen, but I knew I wanted something that I was proud of. I have a retail buying background, so marketing and branding was really important. So I've always been really proud of our branding and the logo, and I work with the right people to sort of let that evolve. Mm. But I did the doing at the very beginning, had a number of clients, quickly realised that actually there was an appetite out there for more services that could come under our umbrella. I wasn't the person to deliver those services. So then it was about utilising my network, networking. And actually, my first ever client was an all-women networking business. They're not around anymore. But I launched our local one in Guildford, where I live. And I remember being really anxious about it because I wasn't used to public speaking. I remember those awful times when I'd get sort of sweaty and horrible at school when I was trying to do a presentation. But when I actually realised it was about promoting something I was passionate about, I realised actually that's... I had a skill there that I could develop. So networking has played a huge part in our business growth and in fulfilling and meeting some amazing people. So I think I would say to anyone setting up in business, 
don't discount networking and it comes in so many different ways now Debbie doesn't it from online yeah. offline and actually things evolve and people have got your back as well I remember having to do that first awful elevator pitch and thinking, oh, what am I going to say and actually <laughs> it's amazing isn't it with practice and no one pitch is ever the same and but you become very sympathetic don't you when you see people that are just starting out and they expect they've got to sort of make a mark and make people connect with them and yeah it's quite a learning curve but networking played a big role in the development of my business and as you said I launched a franchise of it in 2017 because I wanted to scale it and I thought actually that was the best way and it's proven to be the best way to do that but I think what's exciting in anyone's business journey is you, you never know quite where it's going to evolve do you but it's having a having a vision but also having an open mind to to consider other things as well and so how many franchisees have you got now I've got nine in the UK and one in Australia Wow. So we, launched, we launched in Sydney last month and I'm keen on that whole global piece yeah. so that's that's and that's giving me joy and I'm getting energized with that and I think again I would say to anyone as a business owner you need to find those opportunities don't you and not get stale so it's about how you are continually evolving which is important to me so awards um you mentioned to me when we chatted earlier before yeah. we came on to the podcast that um you won an award back in 2014. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Yes, that was um, Flexible Business of the Year with Mum and Working. So I think really from almost day one, I've appreciated, and that probably comes from my corporate background, around having support in PR and marketing. So I've worked with Caroline, who's been my PR manager, as I said, virtually from the very beginning. And we award entry was something that she was really passionate about, as was I. So we have done a, quite a lot of different entries, looking at journal requests, lots of different things to, to get the business out there. So then when we people Google us, we get picked up for quite a few different things. But as I said, awards have been really important. And that one in 2014, you know, I'm super proud of that. Mm. So I've only been in business four years and it, it proved to me that actually it almost validated us a little more. Yeah. And, and I know we, we don't always need validation, but sometimes we need an external person don't no, I think you're you're right that. yeah mm -hmm. you've got the the validation plus the PR opportunities are, are massive um yeah. and in 2018 you did another award didn't yes, you yes so I it was business and women in business 2018 and we were enlightened employer highly commended with them brilliant I've done a handful of other sort of local ones an entrepreneur's circle that I was a member of I won a few things with that and I think it's finding the most relevant award for you at the stage that you're at. Mm, and that's what I find interesting. And that's what's so great with your awards. I mean, you know, you, you tick the boxes for people at all different stages in different parts of their, their yeah. business. And they, they really give everyone a boost. And it's not so, just you, is it? It's your client's perception. It's your team. And it, yeah, it's wonderful. So this year is a bit of a bumper one. So you won a silver award in the Best Business Women Awards for Business Services, which is a great accolade to have. Oh. Um, and you're coming up for, I think it's on Friday this week, the National Business Women Award, yes. where you are yeah. finalist for Business Owner of the Year. That's lovely. To yeah, no, I'm looking forward. To, I'm taking for three of my franchisees, so we're Brilliant. going having a little party at that one. And then to finish the year off, you are a finalist in the BFA, which stands for British Franchising Association in their awards for Franchise Balance Award. Tell us a little bit more about that category because that's quite yes, interesting. Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, so I've been chosen, um, uh, four of us that are finalists, and it's all around how I give my franchisees the opportunity to have a work-life balance. 
So for me, my franchise opportunity can be fitted in around school hours. It's all around giving my franchisees that flexibility that we all crave. So it was a wonderful award to be recognised for. And we've done a filming session and they're like you, very good at giving you PR around that, that, this opportunity. And actually my franchisee is also up for a separate award. So she and I are going to their conference and then the award dinner. But I think like anything, it's what's most appropriate for you at the time. And franchising for me is a huge part of the business. So it's a real honor to have been recognized for that. And of course that has a knock on effect for my team that they see that I'm not just playing at this, that mm -hmm. you know, we're taking it seriously and being recognized for something that I thoroughly enjoy and feel really passionate about. So Rebecca, you seem to have sort of had quite a strategic approach to award entry. So you are looking at, you know, the importance of being recognized as a franchisee and the importance of being recognized as a businesswoman in your own right. Am I right on that? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Because the core business is, you know, is why I set the business up in the first place, offering flexible support to busy business owners. And the franchise coming on has meant that those regional areas are now covered off. But it's so important for me that we get recognized in different areas. Brilliant. Um, yeah. And being a trying, you know, a role model to my girls, to, to anyone starting out in business is just to say, you know, follow what's what's really passionate for you. And I think that's why setting up a business for me has worked. The corporate world was amazing at teaching me what I needed to do, but I just never really felt at home there. Mm, I actually share that. That's exactly why yeah. I set up my business. Totally agree with you. So lots of our listeners are business owners themselves, and some of them may be going through difficult times at the moment. Mm -hmm. So a couple of pieces of Rebecca's wisdom, I'd love you to share a couple of pieces of advice to anyone in business, things that you find that have worked for you or something you want to share with mm. our listeners. Yeah, no, good point. So I think the first one would be travel, and I always, it sounds a bit, you know, travel down your lane of the motorway, don't get carried away or waste time and energy constantly comparing yourself to others and looking <laughs> good advice yeah because that does my head in and I know and it's the same with social media isn't it be consistent in your marketing approach learn from others but don't waste hours pouring over everyone else's in a twist because I mean I did it last night and today's Monday Sunday night I found myself going down a rabbit hole I was like what am I doing you know I've got cross to myself and I rein myself back in but I think it's about understanding what competitors are doing. We all have competitors. It wouldn't be real if we didn't. But feel a, a, a real strength in your own strategy, what you want to do. Spend time on that. Mm. But don't get, you know, get, as I said, don't get your knickers in a twist about it. You've got to have a confidence. And people will buy from you. People buy from people. They'll buy from you and your clients and customers are out there. Don't over-sweat it on what everyone else is doing because then you're constantly changing. And actually, people need to believe in you as a business in the structure that you've set up and in the messaging that you're putting out, not in, in trying to interpret someone else's. That's really good advice, actually. Um, talking about the franchise that you've set up, I mean, franchising is a beast to take on. I was going to say, a, beast, <laughs> a very good word to describe <laughs> it. Yes. So if someone's listening to this and franchising has been something that they have been muting to do with their business, what sort of initial pieces of advice could you give somebody? Come and talk to me. <laughs> I'm always up for a conversation. And I do think there is, an, I, I will probably look at some kind of mentoring in the future because it is a minefield. You're totally right. And I was put off it in the past thinking, oh, those franchise owners, they're greedy. They take the franchise fee. You never hear from them again. You know, you, you naturally will follow and hear certain stories. So 
I've been pleasantly surprised actually by the amazing beast that is you know British Franchise Association for example which is hugely ethical and it is a, you know you have to follow go through lots of hoops to get accepted by it so again that's worthy of just looking at the breadth of businesses that are franchised it's using the right advice and you do have to invest money into it. It's not something that you can just do on a shoestring. And actually any franchise that's been set up like that is probably not an ethical one either because you have to represent people that you're bringing into the business. So my franchisees need to feel 100% confident that what I'm selling them is a real thing. So that's important to remember. And also you do need to have been in business for a little while to sort of have built credibility and also got a proven business model to sell. Mm. What elements do you think that a good franchisee is? When what, what makes a, a good person in franchising? Um, so a good franchisee, so someone buying a franchise ha- is is it's useful for them to have credibility in a, in a role already, and then credibility of a franchise owner is someone that has invested in that business that has sought external support and consultancy to build a solid business model, and I think any. You know, if you're wanting to buy into a franchise, you need to speak to other franchisees. You need to really feel comfortable that the opportunity is what it says. And then for somebody setting up as a franchise owner, it's to seek as much information as you can get from other people that have done it before you. And Mm. there are a lot of free resources out there, some wonderful consultants that give a lot of advice for free. And I've been really impressed with that as well. Presumably you've got a franchisee criteria. So what sort of people are you looking for to be part of your team? Yes, so my profile is someone with a sales and marketing background, someone that's used to running a team because they buy um, a dedicated territory, so post-coded area. My franchisees will network, find business, business, busy business owners that need support, and then they match those clients to our pool of over 50 virtual experts. So we're always looking at growing our pool of virtual experts. So that's one thing to think about. And we are the sales team then for those virtual experts, because we're obviously finding the right clients for them. But also busy business owners that are stressed, that are thinking, actually, I set this business up because I'm really passionate about X, but actually I'm doing absolutely everything else and I'm not doing what I should be doing. And I think we see that a lot with clients where, especially in the early days, they feel they have to do everything and they can't possibly let someone else do aspects of it. When actually we know that if you release a few key tasks that are taking up your time, it will free you up and your motor on at a much quicker pace, getting the support you need as and when you need it. So very true. That's it in a nutshell. And what sort of challenges have you had along the way? Um, I guess it's often people are often a challenge so perhaps people present in a certain way and then you unpick it and realize actually they're not quite what they say they are and I think for me profiling my my ideal franchisee has changed over the last four years I thought it might have been a slightly different profile and just through experience I've honed that but I think we're continually learning and I think nothing stays static does it so you have to have a sense of flexibility and also have an idea of where you want to go and, and a vision, because I think without that, it can be quite a sort of a lonely place. And I would say I describe a lot of my connections as my sort of professional family, but it's about having a solid group of people that you can rely on is really, really important. Oh, absolutely. And that can, yeah, that network that you nurture and that you, you're not constantly taking from, you know, you're filling it up with your own your own support as well but it's really important to have that network so you can't keep relying on family members if things are (laughs) can you you need need to have the those different pockets and those different networks to to feel safe Hmm. and I think that's really important as well 
And what's the future for Get Ahead VO? What's the plan? Oh, so going global is my next oh, bit. Though. So Australia launched last month. So doing it as a joint venture with somebody in Sydney. So really looking at getting our toes in the water there. So that's really exciting. Quite keen on Canada um, and just really spreading the word. And for me as a franchise owner, it's not a numbers game. And mm. I think that's really important to come mm. on and get that across. It, for me, it's having the right team members in place, not... I've got 50 franchisees, aren't I, you know, impressive. That's not what it's about. So I've been really, really um, impressed with the with our community that we've created. And I've been working closely with one of our team who's looking at resourcing and she's helped me create lots of additional resource for our team. So lunch and learns, things that happen on a monthly basis. I've got 28 of the team coming for cocktail making Ooh. in London in December. So, you know, I'm really, really proud of that, Debbie, because it's about providing that opportunity for people to have a flexible remote job but yet they want to come together and yeah face-to-face -face connection so yeah which is often what we miss that. isn't it Being yeah no absolutely crave that yeah. that connection so yeah and i'm really proud of that fantastic well thanks for joining us today yeah, good sure. luck with the remainder of the two awards that you have this year oh, i'm sure we'll be spotting you on the awards circuit next year for other rewards oh, no doubt yeah, and i'll be there next time Debbie. <laughs> i was on a sunday on a sun lounger you were on a sun lounger <laughs> yes. hilton wembley versus a sun lounger i think okay. a sun lounger would win <laughs> thank, thank you for understanding <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining me today rebecca and we will catch up with you soon thank you thanks debbie Thanks for listening to the Business Awards show. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and post about it on social media or leave a rating or review. To catch all of the latest information and show notes, please go over to our website, businessawardshow.co.uk. Thank you.